It's our job to tell better stories. And always remember, it's the risk takers that are rewarded. People are sick and tired of being marketed to, and they're sick and tired of being sold. The single biggest story today in sales and marketing is how our customers are buying different Hey everyone, it's your host Edward Ford and welcome to the Growth of Podcast, the show about all things B2B SaaS marketing. This podcast is brought to you by Advanced B2B, the growth marketing agency that helps B2B SaaS businesses generate sustainable revenue growth through marketing. So if you're looking for an agency partner who will help you get measurable results from your marketing, then check out advancedb2b.com for more info. Now joining us today on the show is Rulan Zhang, VP of Marketing at Clubhouse.io. And in this episode, we're talking about how Clubhouse.io positioned themselves to focus on a niche segment. Clubhouse is a project management platform for engineering and product teams, and they help modern software teams work collaboratively and ship quickly. But with so many project management tools on the market, I sat down with Rudan to hear why Clubhouse decided to intentionally focus on a niche and how they did it. We cover the process Clubhouse used to find their points of differentiation for each of their ICPs, how they compete with well-known horizontal products, how to market to technical audiences, the marketing channels they use to reach them, how their marketing team is structured, and the KPIs they use to measure success. So there's all this and a whole lot more on episode 72 of the Growth of Podcast with Rudan Zhang, VP of Marketing at Clubhouse.io. Welcome to another episode of the Growth of Podcast, and it's my pleasure to welcome Rudan Zhang to the show, who is VP of Marketing at Clubhouse.io. So Rudan, thank you so much for joining us today here on the Growth of Podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, this is going to be a great episode as we're digging into positioning, one of my favorite topics, and more specifically Clubhouse.io's intentional focus on being a project management product for software teams, as opposed to all the other horizontal project management software out there. So to kick things off and set the scene, why did Clubhouse.io decide to focus on building for software development teams specifically? Yeah, no, we ask ourselves (laughs) about this focus uh, all the time as well. Um, So uh, I guess just to clarify, our primary user base for our web-based app for project management is uh, software development teams, including engineers, product managers, and designers. So that's what we mean when we say software development teams. Um, the reason that we chose to focus on this kind of audience persona, primarily probably because our two founders were engineering team leaders in their previous jobs. Um, so as a result, right, they know that software team persona uh, and that persona's needs the best. So we're basically building for the persona we have the most knowledge of. Um, in particular, right, they have a lot of firsthand knowledge of software teams' growth phases and the pain points in, in each of those growth phases. Um, so that's sort of the primary reason. And um, we chose to kind of stick with this, this segment in particular because the total addressable market is actually not limited by this persona. It's actually not small at all. Um, When you think about like today's world, right? Like almost every company is rapidly evolving to having a software team that writes and ships code. And as long as a team like that exists in in the company, they could be using Clubhouse. Um, Like we have thousands of customers uh, since we launched in 2016. 
and like the variety of companies, right? And our customer base are just staggering. There's the mainstream SaaS companies, fintech companies, like travel companies, gaming companies, uh, agencies, nonprofits, with like healthy food subscription <laughs> services, what have you, right? So the TAM is actually quite large. Um, I guess I do want to point out, though it's, it's very important actually to clarify that even though our primary persona is the software team, our goal is never to exclude non-technical teams from the tool. In fact, we uh, build Clubhouse around this belief that product-led works, uh, PMs and engineers really cannot build good software without constantly involving customer-facing teams directly in the decision-making process. So like Clubhouse is a powerful tool to support the workflows that are specific to software teams, but it's also intuitive enough for customer-facing teams to jump in um, and check status on work and comment within the workflow directly. Yeah, that's great to hear. And there's the quote about software eating the world and every business becoming a software business at the end of the day. Yeah. So definitely a, a good space to be in. And even though you are focusing on a niche, it's a crowded space, even just for R&D focused project management tools. So how do you differentiate? Yeah, good question. So um it is a very crowded space. There's there's no question about it. Um, so in our competitive set, right, there are tools that kind of cater to two different types of software teams. One is small teams who are um, like mostly just engineering uh, engineers trying to ship code uh, as fast as possible. And on the other side of the spectrum, right, there are larger orgs that have to and orchestrate the work of hundreds, if not thousands of engineers across many, many dozens of squads. And um, so our differentiation, I think, lies in uh, that it's one tool that can really scale with teams um, along that growth journey from a small startup to a mature software org. So you don't necessarily have to kind of switch gears in order to grow in the tool. Um, like, I guess specifically the way that we sort of address, we position ourselves for, for uh, companies along that spectrum, right? For small teams that just need to ship really fast above everything else, um, Clubhouse's beauty is that it's very simple and also like opinionated enough that they can, like the teams can start managing their work right away without investing a ton of time and effort in just to set up the tool properly. Um, which is what a tool generally intended for larger teams would require. Um, and then on the other side, right, like for larger teams, uh, the, the Clubhouse has enough kind of power features and also flexibility uh, that the teams can really customize the tool to fit their existing processes. Um, and then another thing that we try to do really, really well for the larger teams is that we want to provide visibility to managers and leaders on what's going on on the ground uh, once you kind of start having more layers in the work structure as the company grows. Um, yeah, so to like fulfill both of these promises, right? It sounds, sounds like best of both worlds, very difficult to kind of strike the right balance. So to fulfill this type of promise, we, uh, we're very, very mindful and very thoughtful in what features we do add so that we don't introduce too much complexity uh, or slow performance down. So I would say that's like the, the primary dimension uh, on which we differentiate from our competitors, uh, even in the R&D focused PM tool space. 
And then another differentiation I want to mention just from a marketing perspective um, is our brand essence, which is joy. Uh, so PM tool is not like a, when you think about it, not a very joyful piece of software inherently. Uh, and, and then truth be told, kind of has a bad rep, especially with engineers. Nobody really wants to, wants to use PM tools. Um, so our thinking is, right, if you spend time in the tool every day, uh, we want to make the experience not painful, but actually enjoyable. Um, the core of that enjoyable experience is like obviously based on a thoughtful, smooth user experience and, and fast performance. But from a brand perspective, for example, we also introduce like quirky, funny elements into the app, like in our loading screens, the icons, the illustrations, et cetera, to um, hopefully put a smile on people's faces. Yeah, that's really good to hear. And I'd love to know, how did you arrive at those points of differentiation and which of those were driven by marketing and, and which by product? Um, yeah, it's a, we work very closely with our product team. So it's probably uh, really only fair to say it's a joint effort. So um, I think the crucial thing we did, right, is that we really um, invested very, very heavily to building out the right ideal customer profile along this growth journey of software team. So like our ICP, have four segments um, spanning from really small dev works with a single squad uh, to the second segment is like the seed or series A stage, but dev centric works with up to 50 people in the R&D org, R&D org meaning the, the engineering PM and, and design functions I previously mentioned. And then the third segment is scaling product orgs with up to say like a hundred people and then lastly, the more mature product works with hundreds to thousands of people in their software teams. Um, so the product team and marketing team at Clubhouse invested just like a lot of time and effort into fleshing this out. Like this exercise probably took like four or five months really to, to complete. Um, we like interviewed customers extensively and try to crystallize not just like the you know work zona firmographics like that type of data points but really truly dig into the pain points um, of each segment the team structures the the process needs the reporting needs in each stage um, so because of kind of the rigor that went into this exercise i feel like we as a company have very in-depth understanding uh, of not only what the customer's needs are in each stage, but also kind of being able to anticipate at what point a team's needs are about to change into the next phase. Um, so like, I guess, practically speaking, right? Like in marketing, we kind of refer to this ICP doc uh, like constantly for finding the right acquisition channels for each segment. Um, make sure we tailor the value props and the features that we lead with in our messaging for each segment. Um, and also we create customer stories that cover each specific phases of the growth journey. And our favorite kind of customer stories are the ones that actually showcase a customer growing from that smallest segment into the biggest segment. Um, yeah, so I mean, all that said, right? Like, <laughs> I don't think any marketer uh, could really say confidently that they've really arrived uh, like at true differentiation to have like basically accomplished that task definitively. Um, like our competitive landscape is very, very fluid. So the marketing team, our product marketer and the whole leadership team really pay a lot of attention to current trends and, 
new features of competitors and like how our competitors talk about themselves. We actually have like Slack channels set up where the whole company chips in to share news um, of known and emerging competitors, uh, whether it relates to the features or, or their marketing approaches. So that's kind of like how um, we arrived at the, the primary point of differentiation of like going from small to big. Um, and then I guess on the joyful brand essence piece of the differentiation. Um, so it has taken us like quite a few years to really start discovering our true company personality and really developing a brand identity, right? So like, for this, the most crucial thing that we did um, was to essentially hire the right creative marketing director and the right designer who have portfolios and style that align with the direction that we want to go with our brand. Um, and, and, you know, to really hung in on that brand identity and to keep polishing everything up, we have bi-weekly meetings between marketing and design to like discuss and brainstorm everything that's brand related and trying to continuously evolve both our style and tone. Yeah, that's super interesting to hear. And we'll dig into marketing channels in a moment, but I'd love to ask before then, have you found it difficult to compete against some of those, say, bigger horizontal PM tools that don't cater to software teams specifically, but are still widely used? Yeah, um, it is, frankly, hasn't been the primary uh, competitive dimension that, that we've like had to deal with to date. Like frankly, software teams, right, in general use their niche products like almost exclusively. Like some people do when they want to involve uh, more and more of the customer facing teams or non-technical teams in the process. I think if, if the company actually does the shopping of the tool cross-functionally, um, maybe there are some push and pull dynamics that end up um, you know, having the company adopt a more horizontal tool. By and large in product and engineering led orgs, we've seen you know, we have uh, actually a fairly narrow set of competitors. Uh, I don't think it's any secret to anyone in software development. Atlassian um, is essentially the market leader and you know, Jira is, is kind of the de facto tool. And um, you know, there's a handful of Pivotal Tracker and uh, uh, Linear, like they're generally more or less in the same kind of niche that we are in. Um, horizontal tools, right? Like when we think about differentiating against them is very much really zooming into that target persona that we actually care about the most uh, to appeal to, which is the, the software teams themselves. Yeah, this is really valuable to hear your process of differentiation and what you did. And I think everyone needs a competitor Slack channel to keep up with what's happening. But I think from here, let's get into marketing specifically. So how has clubhouse.io grown to date? What channels have proven effective for you? Um, so the way that Clubhouse has grown to date has very much been predominantly product-led. Um, and this is sort of the preferred way our target customers shop for software, right? They, they research for tools online or um, ask for recommendations from their own community. And then like they want to get their hands on that tool and try it out. So uh, we sort of 
follow that that kind of natural behavior of the buyers and invest. Actually, I would say channel wise, we invest quite a bit in, in SEM to get our names in front of people when they are searching for a PM tool or an like an alternative to what they're currently using. Right. So um, and then in terms of uh, uh, like the next probably most important bucket of investment in marketing is actually product marketing and especially in the onboarding phase uh, to help new users understand how to use the tool and quickly experience value on their own. Um, and then like other channels that have over time worked for us well um, include like co-marketing partnerships with other SaaS companies that are also in the software development team tech stack and, and essentially uh, offering tools to the same audience that we are. Uh, we also do uh, quite a bit of uh, influencer marketing. So we sponsor podcasts and newsletters targeting uh, PMs and, and engineers and designers um, and also a certain kind of developer and accelerator communities. Uh, a lot of this ideas, right, for, for which communities and content to sponsor, we source directly from our own engineering teams and PMs and designers. Basically, whatever content they consume, whatever communities they are part of, we try to um, kind of see if we can, we can get involved with. Um, and then lastly, I would say, right, like everybody, uh, I think is starting to realize the power of community led growth uh, at this point. So we are currently building our community efforts and the champions program, um, hoping to be able to host live events and meet our customers in person soon. Awesome. That's great to hear. And I think marketing to technical audiences is known to be difficult within marketing circles. So what is hard about marketing to engineering and product and software teams and how did you overcome that challenge at clubhouse.io yeah so i guess it is a well-known fact right that they're they're not the uh, the most easygoing uh, target audience to to market to i think this group in particular have a very um, like low tolerance for fluffy marketing and and pushy ads right um, so we kind of need to tread very carefully with the traditional marketing tactics or, or they could really backfire and actually damage our brand. Um, so to market to this audience, um, I think, I think we sort of realized a few things uh, over the years. First is um, kind of the way to catch people's attention without being perceived as annoying is when their pain point is actually present, right? So when they're like actually looking to switch their PM tool, then marketing is actually adding value uh, by popping up. So this is why we're sort of, we've developed a fairly extensive SEM strategy, but have um, pretty light footprint in some of the lower intent channels to date. Um, and then the second thing I would say is, uh, uh, we really realize that we really need to invest in building trust and credibility, right? So this is why we always try to build, like when we do influencer marketing, right? We always try to keep it not transactional, but try to build genuine relationships with the podcast and newsletter creators. So um, the ideal state is that we actually offer our tool to them for free um, and then kind of walk them through the some of the cool and powerful features so that they use our tool themselves and can speak to it in an authentic way rather than uh, like just reading an ad script. Uh, 
and and I think this is also why we really value the co-marketing partnerships with other SaaS companies, right? Because there we can mutually benefit from the trust and credibility we have with our respective customer base. Um, and then I guess the last thing I would say about overcoming the challenge of, of marketing to this group is that um, the substance of our marketing messaging really needs to come like straight from our founders, our customers, and like our own engineer and product teams, because that's what will resonate with, with our audience who share basically the same profile and same career goals uh, and day-to-day concerns. So like our marketing team here at Clubhouse does a lot of listening. Like we listen to our founders talk about the product and vision, listen to our customers talk about uh, why they chose us, why, um, like how they use our product and why they, why they love it. And then we just basically amplify those messages right on the marketing team. So in a way, this <laughs> actually makes our jobs as marketers somewhat easier because we don't need to just dream up the messaging ourselves from scratch. Um, we actually often, you know, we could use customer quotes in our landing page headlines, uh, almost verbatim. Um, and we, we try to actually do a lot of customer stories and use cases, uh, showcasing basically that authenticity. Yeah, these are really good points. So just to summarize the three points you made. So be there when they have a pain point, build trust through genuine relationships with people who've used the product. And then thirdly, ensure the substance comes from customers, founders, and engineers. And marketing is really about amplifying those messages. So I think if there are any marketers out there listening who are marketing to technical audiences, this could be very, very useful. And I think from here then, how have you structured your marketing team based on the channels that you use? And as we just discussed, the audience you're trying to reach? Uh, yeah, so my our team has been very lean uh, for a few years, and just now, right, we're we're finally at a point where I feel like I have like a, a like an actual full team, an owner for all the crucial elements uh, of marketing that we need. So we have five. Our company is uh, sixty or so employees in total. And our core marketing team is five people, including myself. So we have a a creative marketing director who oversees uh, our brand, our style, and all of the content. Uh, He used to work at, his name is Richard. He used to work at another SaaS company that made a tool specifically for software engineers. So he is very knowledgeable and comfortable uh, with that audience. Um, And then we have a community manager who manages our social media and events. We have a user acquisition manager who oversees paid media channels, as well as um, our website optimization experiments. So this is like the the quantitative side uh, of a marketing team. And then uh, we also have a a lifecycle marketing manager who manages email and app messaging campaigns. So so these four plus myself are the core marketing team, um, but we also work very closely with uh, our product marketing manager who is part of the product team. Um, and then lastly, I would say we're very lucky to have a dedicated visual designer for all the marketing related design work, um, as well as a, a front end engineer who builds our website. So we, we actually run weekly iteration planning with our own little squad here for all the marketing related dev 
and design work. And it's just amazing to have this dedicated resource so we can um, really execute experiments quickly and consistently. And also I think uh, more than anything else, have a sense of continuity in how our brand and our web presence uh, like evolve over time. Um, and also just <laughs> our, our front end engineer and our designer on the marketing squad. They're basically our built-in sounding board for for marketing ideas and messaging because they're essentially part of our target audience. Yeah, that sounds great to have that resource in-house. And one thing I would love to ask about the structure of the team, why did you decide to have product marketing sit in the product team and not the marketing team? Yeah, the product marketing manager used to be part of the marketing team. Um, but, you know, over time, essentially, we realized that the, like, you know, product marketing, I think, sits uh, it's like basically you flip a coin, right? Looking across companies, <laughs> they either sit in marketing or product. And in our sense, it just seemed to make more sense uh, for, for this person to work more closely on the product side and focus um, kind of very heavily on the kind of strategic user research, the pain points, the ICP interviews. Um, and like we, because we launch new features all the time, right? Like this person is basically a conduit between the, the product squads and the marketing and sales team and kind of uh, disseminates crucial information and positioning about the features to the go-to-market teams. So um, I would say it's not like, a, I wouldn't say that this is like necessarily a best practice to have a product marketing uh, reporting into product but being a close collaborator with marketing but it's just what has worked uh, worked out for us in our context yeah that makes sense and you spoke earlier about being a product-led company and I know you recently switched from MQLs so marketing qualified leads to PQLs so product qualified leads as your primary marketing KPI so why did you make that switch yeah uh, um, that is a interesting process to reflect on right um so because our our primary growth motion has been product-led as you say um we did a lot of uh, kind of analysis throughout the years to figure out which which signals essentially uh, in qualifying leads tend to have a stronger correlation with with two things one is active usage uh, of the product and the other one is obviously ultimate conversion into a pain plan. And uh, we kind of have evolved the definition of MQLs and, and PQLs, product qualified leads, multiple times in the past two, three years, which frankly is a bit of a, can be a frustrating exercise from an acquisition perspective, because every time you switch the definition uh, of your North Star marketing metric, you kind of have to, to re-optimize all your channels. Um, however, it is the right thing to do as a, a still early stage type of business like ours, so trying to really hone in on our customer profile and, and channel dynamics. So um, the way that we define PQLs, just to give a bit more detail, right? We're because we're essentially a Kanban board style planning tool. Um, our product qualified leads are defined as those leads that have created um, at least four cards on that Kanban board uh, based on our product team analysis. This is basically the activities threshold where a new user shows that they uh, understand how the tool works and are able to start getting value from it. 
So um, that is what we are focusing on for, for the rest of this year uh, in optimizing all marketing efforts towards. Um, you know, in contrast, MQLs, uh, we have defined it based on a bunch of factors like team functions and roles and you know, number of expect, expected users, um, like company size, uh, like the, 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 I think, usual more mainstream dimensions that people qualify leads on that don't account for in-product behavior. Um, I will know that we, we haven't abandoned MQL just because we are currently optimizing for PQLs. We still monitor both KPIs in conjunction because we wanna make sure that there's always sort of a, a way to gauge overall traffic quality um, based on the way the two metrics uh, move together, right? Like in, in theory, if the traffic quality is good and um, the product onboarding experience is good, the two metrics should really move roughly in the same direction. So that's sort of how we, we think about our North Stars. Yeah, that's really good to hear. And you spoke earlier about your ICPs and focusing on software developers and product and engineering teams. But one final question I want to ask before we jump into our Fast Five Challenge. So let's just say that a software development team is using clubhouse.io for their project management and the company decides they want to get the entire organization on one platform. So on clubhouse.io and move marketing, sales, support, et cetera, off tools like Trello, say, and onto Clubhouse. What would you say to that? Uh, we welcome it. This is a direction that we would love to go into, right? As I said before, um, even though the tool was uh, designed primarily for, for engineering workflows, um, the way that we sort of really envision a whole company, and we, by the way, we do have lots of customers who have the entire uh, company uh, using Clubhouse, um, is that we sort of try to make it flexible enough that the marketing teams, for example, you don't need to be using the GitHub integrations. You don't need to be using the features that um, are geared towards software teams, right? Like the general way I think uh, a lot of product like organizations work um, process-wise fundamentally are, are very similar. People tend to uh, plan out quarterly roadmaps or annual roadmaps and then try to break that roadmap down into uh, you know chunks, larger chunks of work. And within the larger chunks of work, you break them into individual tasks and then you to assign owners and you tend to run either a sprint or some sort of iteration planning to make sure the execution is on track and that you um, want to be able to, from time to time, pull up from the day-to-day -day kind of grind to see how, how work is uh, tracking towards the larger goals. Like that universality in the way that modern software teams work, I think transcends um, functions. So that baseline all exists uh, uh, in Clubhouse that in a way that really makes sense uh, for, for every team, no matter what function you're focusing on. The real difference is um, like how deeply you kind of delve into the software-specific workflow features uh, that we build for that audience. But the reality is, if you don't do that type of work, you don't need to touch those features. And the tool itself still works very well uh, for non-technical teams who follow that type of uh, general work planning and execution process. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And it's a great way to build a foundation for expansion. And well, this was super good. Rudan, and we could now move to our closing questions and our Fast Five challenge. So to wrap things up, I will ask five questions and all you need to do is answer as quickly as possible. So are you ready? <laughs> all right, ready. Okay, first question. What is the one book 
you would recommend others to read? Uh, one book. Uh, one book I'm reading right now that's really good is uh, called Product Led SEO by Eli Schwartz. So it's it's a uh, it's been helping me kind of rethink our our general uh, kind of planning mentality regarding content and acquisition. Product Led SEO by Eli Schwartz. Nice. Second question: SaaS company you love and why? Yeah, I can actually think of two if that's okay. Uh, just really quickly, the uh, our creative marketing director on my team actually came from a company called Century. Um, they, I really admired that company because they were able to give a very technical, like utility tool, uh, a brand that is actually very quirky and fresh and funny, uh, and as a result, very memorable. And that's something that we are aspiring to achieve as well with our brand. Um, and then the second one, I guess, it's a, it's a company called Miro. Um, they, they've gone through a very successful rebrand in recent years and they have had amazing growth trajectory afterwards. And I admire them because I think they tend to run bold and very in innovative experiments with their uh, go-to-market tactics, including high-risk things like pricing. So I feel like any company who can pull that off confidently uh, is doing something right. Great, third question. Favorite place to learn about marketing online? Um, so I honestly don't read a ton of marketing specific online resources. I do subscribe to uh, like general tech newsletters like the information, uh, tech meme, tech crunch, et cetera, to kind of just stay up to date with industry news. Um, I guess on the marketing side, I do read like growth hackers and, and Julian Shapiro's newsletters. Yeah, definitely. Fourth question, most important growth metric. Mm. I guess in the long term, right, probably LTV um, for companies that have been around for shorter periods of time, just active usage, monthly or weekly active usage, depending on sort of the customer uh, behavior that you expect. Yes. And fifth and final question, best piece of advice for fellow marketers? Oh, best piece of advice. That's a high bar. Um, I don't know if it's best, but I do kind of genuinely believe that uh, like effective marketing should not be self-serving. Uh, it, it really should be bringing value, adding value to potential customers, right? So um, almost like apply a product management type of mentality towards marketing initiatives and think about your customers' pain points and needs and make sure your marketing activities um, are kind of offered as a solution to those, whether it's through uh, like truly truly useful pieces of content um, or like a really well curated community um, or like it could even be as simple as being like actually funny in your ad copy or tweet to, to bring people a lighthearted moment in their day. Yeah, I love it. So marketing is all about serving others. Well, Rudan, I have to say, this was absolutely awesome. And thank you so much for coming on the Growth of Podcast. No, it is my pleasure. Thank you for having me. That was Rudan Zhang on how Clubhouse positioned themselves to focus on a niche segment. So thank you so much for listening. And if you're enjoying the show, we'd love for you to leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And as ever, you're always welcome to reach out to me on Twitter at Nordic Edward or connect on LinkedIn. So thank you so much for listening to the Growth of Podcast brought to you by Growth Marketing Agency Advanced B2B. This is your host, Edward Ford, signing off and make sure you check out advancedb2b.com for more content and resources on everything B2B SaaS growth. It's our job to tell better stories. And always remember, it's the risk takers that are rewarded. People are sick and tired of being marketed to and they're sick and tired of being sold.
biggest story today in sales and marketing is how our customers are